coming up on this episode of Don't Panic. We're back with more tech news. Unsurprisingly, we're going to talk about new things from companies Whoa. like Microsoft and Apple. Plus, we're going to talk about um, other big-name companies you've heard of, like Amazon and Snapchat and Dropbox and Nintendo and all kinds of technology. It'll be fun. So join us as we do Don't Panic for you our gift to you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 107, recorded October 19th, 2015. IPO dangers, hidden costs, and scams galore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast um, that you can turn from a laptop into a tablet with just a simple click. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by the Patty and Mildred Hill of technology. Uh, they'll always sing you a song. It's Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Hey, hey, uh, I'm doing good. I'll give a million dollars to whoever can get the reference. Mm. Uh, Patty and Mildred Hill. This is obscure. You got me. But you, you think? But it's tied to a special event that happened this week. Mm. It happened this week, it as happened. in today. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, it was like a couple days ago. Okay. I don't know. I have no idea. What it is. <laughs> well, of course, Patty and Mildred Hill credited with writing "Happy Birthday to You." The birthday song, oh. because one of our own has had a birthday this past week. Dan Miller, of course. Gosh, oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Dan. We won't sing it, lest we be sued for copyright infringement. Did, well, so uh, didn't the court recently rule that, that that copyright was not valid? So you can't you can't actually be sued for copyright infringement. That's what I thought you were referencing. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, I, I don't want to be the one to, you know be sued but <laughs> but yes as of now as far as i know you know the, these appeals and everything i'm for sure not a lawyer so um i'm sure that hope <laughs> they'll be sure? good resolution i know you know people ask me that all the time go figure um yeah so at least for now happy birthday to us all uh thanks everybody <laughs> for joining us this is don't panic the technology podcast uh, on gadgets the internet and you um we talk technology every week, Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I tell you the time because this week, for the first time, we're streaming live on the internet. Not at our usual site. We are on twitch.tv for the very first time. Check out our site, twitch.tv slash don't panic show. Uh, we're trying it out this week. We'll see how it goes in future weeks, but uh, we'll do them live Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, unless otherwise noted. Um, and of course, our website, don't panic.io. All the links there and at don't panic show on Twitter. Uh, gentlemen, any uh, non-tech related things you want to discuss before we get into the news this week? We, we were off last week because of the Columbus Day holiday. Right. What, what did you do for Columbus Day, Sean? Uh, oh, Dan, that's a great question. I, uh, I visited a friend in Baltimore. The greatest city in America, they self-proclaim, um, which is a little <laughs> bold. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I don't know <laughs> who came up with that, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was it was okay. I don't know if I, I'd call it the greatest city in America, but it's a pretty good wasn't, city in America. It wasn't the worst city in America. I'm not at liberty. I can't. I'm not the judge of that. So it's. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think I, of all the cities I've been to. <laughs> it's probably yeah, the worst gonna... I've ever been to, but I've never been to any really bad cities. Even mm -hmm. Los Angeles, I thought was kind of nicer. I mean, I think it's certainly the case that like Worcester, Massachusetts, is way worse mm. than Baltimore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Worcester is pretty terrible. <laughs> 
Like, uh, but I don't know. Like that's like might be bordering on on a different sort of city. Like I don't know what what like population wise. Like I would imagine Baltimore is bigger than Minneapolis than is probably pretty terrible. Yeah. Really? <laughs> See, I was I was wondering Sacramento? Like, last last night the Patriots were playing the Colts, and I was like, what is Indianapolis like? I hear it's very nice, but again, I've never been. Oh, Motor so Speedway there. I've actually been to Indianapolis. Mm. Oh, interesting. There was also a uh, a rodeo mm. to give you some idea of the, the local flavor. Mm, that does nice. sound local. Nice. I want to go to like Montana or something. Do you? Montana's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to live there for like a year. Wow. That is. That's bold. Just cause. Just cause you can. As long as you have internet, Colby, I guess that's right. All you yeah. really need. Do they have internet there? Depends. Right. Depends where you are. Yeah. It's fair. It's fair. I barely get internet here and I live near people, so I can't imagine what Montana's like. Uh it's true. Cool. Dan, you do anything over the holiday weekend of don't? Uh, last weekend, I don't think so. I did not do anything of note over last weekend, although I will confess, I have not yet opened up our uh, show notes, so I don't know what we're <gasps> talking about, nor have I picked a pick. What? But it's going to have to It's gonna have to be a different thing than this, because I believe what I did last weekend was I picked back up The Witcher 3 on the PS4, mm. like, sort of gave it another shot. I hadn't really played it since, like, June. Uh, and it it does get very good. So it's very it's the most Game of Thrones esque game I've ever played. It is it is brutal. Did you get to the but, naughty parts? Oh yeah, no, there are naughty parts all over the place. You can't escape. Yeah, yeah. There, it's it's sort of like one of those games where it presents you with really tough moral decisions. Except, yeah, there. Game of Thrones esque tough moral decisions. Yeah, let's say uh, I was involved in this in the, trying to break this guy's curse, and then I and they also they are timed decisions, so you have to make a decision really quickly. Uh, and I was involved in one where this woman passed me a baby and frantically yelled at me to throw it into this oven. Uh, what? Yeah. Huh? It turns out, yeah, I, I won't say anything more. Whether you should or should not do that is up to you. Wow. That's <laughs> a real moral dilemma. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, is it actually is. There's context I'm leaving out as to why you might want to do this. Uh, it's really good. Anyways, wow. maybe that's my pre-pick. That's what I did over uh, Columbus Day weekend. <laughs> nice. Very cool. I was also in Baltimore with Sean. We are, we are on a, the same trip, similar trip. Colby, in one sentence, your favorite thing about Baltimore? Mm. Um, I liked the tots that we had at that place. <laughs> They're known for their tots. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, the crab, the Cra- crab cake. For me, for me, it all sums cake. up crab cakes and beer. They're good yeah, beer. Definitely. That resurrection uh, that we had was yeah, that we was had good. A lot of beer. Yeah. But great crab. Yeah. I got crabs in Baltimore. Eh. Mm. You guys think we should talk about technology? Yeah, right. maybe. You didn't go into DC at all? No, no. just in and out You're of Baltimore. Couple days. 
I did I did stop in Connecticut and get, get caught in Connecticut traffic, so that was fun. Yeah, that's that's always like a there good was time. no traffic. Like the George Washington, no traffic. As soon as I hit Connecticut, <laughs> traffic. It was wow. amazing. Like wow. I flew around the city. It was lovely. <laughs> hit Connecticut, bumper to bumper. For, I mean, for the first two thirds of my life, the only thing I ever did in Connecticut was sit in traffic. I think that's like a career <laughs> option there. Yeah, yeah. Like you can get a degree in that or something. Yeah. It's it's since then I've done others. I'm just trying to think of the I'm just thinking of the list of places we've shit on in the last ten minutes. Can I, I mean, I'm reading the, the Wikipedia article about Baltimore. Can can I list all the nicknames at Baltimore? Oh please, Baltimore yes. Absolutely. Charm City, Mob Town, <laughs> Be More. The land of pleasant living, what? the city of firsts, Monument City, Ravenstown, Clipper City, the greatest city in America, get it on it, the city that reads and believe. My favorite is to be believe, because that's just a word. I guess, oh, those are mottos. Sorry. Oh, okay. The last three are mottos. But that's How like... is the greatest city in America isn't a motto. And neither, oh, get in on it. That's, get in on it. Get in on it. That's my favorite. That sounds like the a city a, that reads is also pretty good. <laughs> some marketing agency got way overpaid to come up with those. Guys, yeah. one word: B- Baltimore. Believe. <laughs> believe. Um, cool. Hey, we like. Sorry, Baltimore. Don't don't take it personally. Or any of the other thirty places we've crapped on. In general, I had fun in Baltimore. It really the touristy parts were very nice. Yeah. Like I've been there before and also had fun. So. Yeah. It's the greatest city in America. Um, very cool. Well, let's jump into technology news. We've got a lot of stuff. Two weeks worth of stuff, in fact, gentlemen. Uh, I know, Dan, you haven't looked, but uh, Colby, is there anywhere you'd like to start? Oh. Uh... I, I, I would say the first would be we we... It seems like forever ago we did not cover Microsoft's event two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Because it was on Tuesday after the last episode we did i actually watched that so does that sound like something you guys would want to talk about yeah that sounds good. something the people at home would want to hear about we certainly can uh i think we previewed it on the show um that microsoft was having a an event around surface and lumia and their hardware properties uh they announced a series of things let's talk about it uh let's start with this what i'd consider to be the small stuff um HoloLens, uh, they announced, is going to be available for developers. Three grand, uh, but you have to apply. It's not for everybody. Uh, you have to have a reason to actually get one, um, and that'll be coming sometime in 2016. Um, and they showed off some more flashy demos uh, as well for that. Microsoft Band 2 is now available for sale. It's got a uh, a better sort of display uh, glass thing on it. Um, OLED with Gorilla Glass um, and a bunch of new apps. 249 available starting October 30th. They announced some Lumia phones, uh, three of them in fact. Uh, the 950, which is their sort of uh, uh, flagship device, 5.2 inch, um, with a 20 megapixel camera. Uh, and uh, let's see, launching in November for 549, the 950XL, which is very similar but bigger, 5.7 inches, um, and you're going to pay a little more at 649. Uh, and they also did the cheap Lumia, the Lumia 550, 5 inches, 139 with a 5 megapixel camera and a basic processor in that. Any thoughts on that? I'm interested in what Colby thinks of the laptop. Well. Let's oh, go. sorry. 
Well, I was going to say, any any thoughts on the band or on HoloLens or uh, the phones? Uh, no. I mean, I. What's new with the band? Like, it's just a a, a better display, um, a slightly different color, and more apps. Okay, those things are all nice. Uh, the phones, I have no opinion on at all. But the laptop. All right, let's that let's get to the stuff people want to talk about. Uh, two big pieces of hardware. Starting, uh, we'll start with the book, the Surface Book. Um, it's a laptop announced by Microsoft. Um, thirteen point five inch display, twelve hour battery life, glass trackpad, um, supporting stylus and touch input, but. It has a hinge, and not just any hinge, a wacky hinge, a dynamic <laughs> fulcrum hinge is what Microsoft calls it. Uh, the screen can flip all the way around 180, and then you can detach the screen to create a standalone Surface tablet. One of the other big advantages to this is that there is a separate graphics processor, if you upgrade to that version, in the keyboard. So when you have just the tablet, it's got like the Intel integrated graphics and it works like a Surface. But when you plug it in, you get like super extra graphics power, really powering it to more of a, even more of a pro device than the regular Surface. Um, it starts at uh, 1499 and it's configurable up over $2,000 with accessories uh, and is available October 26th uh, pre-orders right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, so certainly interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't decide if I would like. So first things first, this is not relevant to my life because I don't want a Windows computer. And it's nothing against Windows, really. It just is not. Uh, it's not how I run my life. So. <laughs> But second thing, second thing, like imagining that this was the software I wanted, I can't, I can't decide. Uh, it seems cool. Um, I would imagine it's nice. Like I've the surfaces I played with before have seen seem nice hardware wise. Uh, I think it's certainly interesting. It's cool that you can have a keyboard or really have a whole laptop um i would be concerned that like about what that hinge was actually like and what like the connections were like so the the other thing i heard is that um isn't it like the the base the keyboard base in addition to having the the gpu and stuff also has a bunch of the battery so when yeah. you take the 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 tablet itself detached from the keyboard has a relatively limited battery um, compared to what you might get from a dedicated tablet. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that might be a, sort of an unfortunate trade off. But then again, I guess if you're if you're getting this this sort of hybrid thing, you probably want to have the, the keyboard with you, too. Um, so it's yeah it's interesting i think uh i mean this certainly seems like microsoft's ipad i i guess they already had the surface pro but it's like the surface pro or <laughs> what what would it be in like uh the the super su- surface pro surface <laughs> pro max mm, nice 
Yeah. It's yeah, it's kind of neat. I, I I don't really use my iPad anymore. Um and I don't know, I just think You're not buying the tablet thing? I don't think it would be useful for me. I could see how it would be useful in the same I, same way that I could see how the iPad Pro would be useful to some people who do certain sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and perhaps this would be even more useful because the, the applications that do the things that those people do already run on this uh, as opposed to the iPad Pro where it's like, well, maybe they'll run on this someday. Um <laughs> But I don't. I just don't think it's for me. I like laptop. I like mm-hmm. laptops work for me. How mm-hmm. much of your time on a laptop are you just cruising around on the web, though? Some of it. Some of it. I still, though. But I will say, I have still yet to enjoy the majority of the web on a touch-enabled device. I like I like dedicated yeah. apps and I like surfing the web with a mouse and I really find it. Uh, you would think we would have gotten farther by now, but I just yeah. don't like it as much. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's also the the, the sad fact that the mobile web kind of sucks. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no kind of. I mean, in a lot of ways, well, it really with a does. Tablet. I don't want the mobile web. No, but I but the regular web, website. But the regular web, I still don't think works well with fingers. I. On a weekend, if I don't have to do anything really serious, I will only use my iPad mm-hmm. happily. It's just right there. You pick it up. I read the New York Times. I read The Verge. I read Hacker News. All on it. No problem. Yeah. I take it to the See, coffee shop and I can do that. See, I think I that's what I do with my phone, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's... If I'm... I mean, maybe it's because I don't have a, a usable iPad at this point. Um, <laughs> my my current iPad is is uh, dated, if you will, <laughs> being the, the prestigious second edition iPad. It's past um, the Apple of like window of usability. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. You know, it works surprisingly well. I was I, I upgraded to iOS nine. And I was like. This is actually isn't that bad. It's it's no worse than iOS eight was, uh, and in some ways it actually works a little bit better. Like some of the stuff is smoother, which which shocked me. Um, but I don't. I I, I yeah. I, I find myself using my phone, and uh, I- or my or my tiny my tiny MacBook. I think that's it's that's a pretty nice compromise. The tiny MacBook. Uh-huh. And I will say too, you know, you, you, Dan, the things you just rattled off that you do in in your browser. Uh, I'm checking Twitter on Tweetbot, my feeds in Feedly. I'm checking my fantasy scores in the fantasy app. I'm watching football in the NFL app. I try to use the, on my iPad. I almost never open Chrome. Never. That's tragic. No, it's fantastic. It's a great experience. Web is dying, Colby. It is. You're. You hey, I, to look for my Hundred percent agree. Mobile's mobile's too bad, man. We. <laughs> that's great. It's great for me. I love it. But that. But and that's and we'll, we'll get into this here. But that's the reason why, if I were looking for just a tablet, I would not buy a Windows device because they don't have the apps, which is where I spend ninety nine percent of my time. Yeah. And that is a huge I mean, gap. I think so. I think I can consume 
probably 90% of my my actual content like outside of tweets on the web Mm. that's definitely the case like everything I read is on the web be it on my laptop or uh on my phone in mm-hmm. Safari or you know Link, but it, I usually get there from from it, an app. Like I get yeah. there from the Twitter app or mm-hmm. I get there from like a Hacker News app. Um, I, yeah, I don't really browse the web exactly. Yeah, it's a lot different these days. Um, I, and I I will quickly mention, in addition to the Surface Book, they also announced Surface Pro Four. Very similar to the old Surface Pro, at least in form factor. 12.3-inch display, so an inch smaller than the Surface Book. Um, It's uh, got up to a terabyte of storage, up to 16 gigabytes of RAM. It's got all of the new Intel... uh, What are they? Skylake? I I always mix up the... Whatever the brand new Intel processors are, which are much better. It's got a new Surface Pen, so get excited for that. Uh, Available October 26th, starting at $899. You know, when I look at the Surface devices... Uh, I actually am very excited, and I was actually pricing them out online, which is not good because I don't need to buy a computer. But, you know, I look at my Acer Ultrabook, and which I love. It's it's great. It's about two years old, and, and it works great. I love it. But, you know, for the price I paid for this, I could get a, a, a higher-end Surface Pro 4 or lower-end Surface Book. And I just think, why would I get this Acer device when you get a, a, a quality... Microsoft optimized, flexible, powerful device at at the same price point as their competitors. Like I look at what Microsoft is doing, you know, I realize you guys are an example of your Mac users, you're going to buy Macs. That's fine. But I think for a Windows user, these are fantastic devices and the prices are great. And I never thought I would say I want a, a Windows tablet type device like the Surface Pro or even a convertible. But I think Microsoft has made the case, you know, they have this great Surface Pro dock that you just hook it up and it's got all sorts of USB 3 and mini display ports and all this stuff. And, and then you can just plug it into your desk when you need a laptop. And it's, I, I think Microsoft has finally figured out how to do this form factor. And I think the Surface, both the book and the Pro are, are super, super compelling devices. That's from a Windows user's perspective. And I think I have average people who I don't consider technology people, coming up and asking me about buying Surfaces. And I've had that happen more than once, which never happens for Windows stuff. I get more questions about Chromebooks and Macs than I do Windows devices. So I think that says something. Yeah. I I am also... Would you... I would use this. If it if, uh, if the Surface Book Pro ran Linux reasonably well, uh, I could use that. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the, the form factor. I like how it looks. I like the specs. You mm-hmm. can actually get 16 gigabytes of RAM in it. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even more, possibly. Yeah, uh, you can go pretty high. Yeah. And so many of these Ultrabooks, they don't let you do that. The specs are, like, pretty underpowered for mm-hmm. someone who actually needs to do work on a laptop. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, and the, the problem that's always had with Microsoft uh, partner hardware, not from Microsoft, but other companies, is they are cheap and they are plasticky, and I'm sick of it. I really am. These devices, you look at them and they break. And then you look <laughs> at these, like, you know, it's like a magnesium and, like, all this beautiful stuff, and you're like, I finally feel like I'm in the Mac group, where it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, cool, <laughs> nice hardware I actually want for Windows. Right. I mean, uh, for, for most people, like... Like, we have strong opinions about the software we're using, but most people probably don't. Um, right. So they're going to buy the thing that is 
you know presented to them it's mm-hmm. available and usually that's like a shitty plastic computer <laughs> yeah like that most windows computers like aren't nice well, they, i mean i mean and obviously you know it costs money to make make a nice uh to to put together like a nice body and stuff mm-hmm. and a nice trackpad and you know so there's trade-offs there like obviously at a certain point you i don't know like you start have to start making compromises to meet the price point you want uh but it's it's cool i mean i think you're right these do seem like uh nice nice pieces of hardware which in the past wasn't really an option Mm -hmm. if you if you wanted to stick stick around in the windows camp i i don't think there's ever been a better time to buy a micro windows computer i think now is is absolutely at at peak windows um and hopefully that continues because i think you know love or hate windows 10 it's at least relatively usable um and there's a lot of good hardware for it even outside of microsoft uh Lenovo's making really good stuff. A lot of these guys are. So, if you're a Windows fan, things are looking up. Well, step off that bridge, bridge ledge, and uh, and, and hang with them because there is hope. Right. Don't, don't go to the Mac dark side, please. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, we we spent like half the show talking about that, which is fine. A lot of super cool stuff, outstanding discussion, but we're going to move on because we've got more to discuss. Gentlemen, what in the rundown has grabbed your eye to discuss this week outside of Microsoft? What did Battlefront really cost? Because I played this game and it was cool. Yes. Cool, did you play this game? No. Do you, did you what? play the beta? Yeah. I did I had no idea. When was that? This weekend? I think it was last weekend. Oh, see, I was in Baltimore. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I would have. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It, the graphics are amazing. Uh, the guns are just so wildly inaccurate that it feels really uh, true to the Star Wars form. Uh, <laughs> how how happened, they, like, they were always shooting and never hitting anyone. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Anyways, what's this about it costing what it costs? Yeah, so I, I thought the story was interesting because I thought we'd have a good discussion going on DLC and what it means to video games, but uh, Electronic Arts announced that uh, after buying Star Wars Battlefront for 60 U.S. American dollars, uh, they'll offer a season pass for in-game post-launch content for another $50, meaning if you want the full Battlefront experience, $110. Uh, that $50 bonus includes four downloadable content packs um, a uh, and a two-week advance access to each of the expansion uh, for dedicated players, so you'll get a little bit of a, a competitive head start for people who really are hardcore about this. Now, of course, the $50 is optional, but I just think it brings... I, I don't know if we had any strong opinions about this idea that you already pay $60 for a game and then they, they take another 50 out of you. Yeah, did they say what you would actually get for that? It, like, it just says four content packs and the fact that you get them early. Um, yeah. But they didn't say which. And nor did they say you will be able to purchase each individually. They did not say what they were individually. Um assuming uh i'm gonna assume that the season pass is cheaper only because you know a bulk right. rate it wouldn't make sense if it were more expensive so um yeah it so says here that in, it's probably 15 dollars each yeah yeah uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's definitely the case that I'm going to get this game and play it a bunch. At the same time, I'm historically I'm not like have not been incredibly engaged in in like multiplayer shooters in the same way that many other people are. Um, like they tend to lose like I tend to lose interest pretty quickly in that in that part of the game. Um, so I don't know like I can't imagine that by the time the first DLC map pack will, will is comes out I'll be like raring to buy another another uh, like buy some more maps or whatever. I'm sure I'll I'll either be I could be totally wrong. But I, I, I just can't imagine I'll buy it because I don't think I'll get a lot of value out of it because I don't think I'll play it that much. Games, now, games I, No, go ahead, Dan. I thought that Destiny did this really well in that I think there are like $20 expansions, but they were like game-changing. It was less right. here's extra maps and it was more here's the next evolution of this game. Right, right. Well, Destiny, it's like the the... <laughs> like the next chunk of the story in a way it is a, a whole new game i mean similar to the way that like call of duties are like on the same you know every year it's or every two years it's you know most of the time it's like the same engine you just like you know have a new story and new multiplayer maps right. um but i think destiny is a a little different in in that it's a like you said it's a it's a whole huge chunk of the game but i have like so i think in the last year or so far cry was definitely my favorite game and i got the dlcs for far cry because i wanted more because i Mm -hmm. did everything there was to do pretty much um and i found them pretty disappointing like they didn't expand the world that i had been like living in they were these like weird tacked on like mini games almost Mm. yeah like it was it was fine but uh, I I was a little disappointed in what I got for my money, and those like, you know, season passes for other games aren't aren't particularly cheap either. They're they're not fifty dollars, but they're usually like twenty to thirty. It's, I think. Um, so I mean, that's still ninety dollars, almost a hundred dollars for for the full set of stuff. Yeah, I thought also that uh, Dragon Age Inquisition did this well, and that the expansions are expansions whatever the dlcs are like 15 or 20 dollars but there were only two of them Mm -hmm. uh and like they were significant they're whole new worlds and like new levels for your character to unlock and like all voice acted storyline and it all tied into everything else yeah that's see that's that's what i would want like that's the kind of thing i would pay for um, like the Far Cry ones, like some of them were like just extra side missions in the main thing, which I got like, which would have been nice, I guess, if I had gotten it while I was playing through the game. But I got it after I had finished the whole game. Like there's not right. much value in like side quests when you're not trying to like level up or anything to to go through the main story. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was that was pretty disappointing. But yep. that's really the only game I've gone for the DLCs uh, in in recent past too. So, I mean, really, the 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 way DLC should work is a video game game company should ship a complete hundred percent game, 
And then, for real fans of the game who want additional content, in exchange for money, the company will create more content. That content actually adds value and, in and, and increases the, the story or the core functionality of the game. I think what bugs me is companies that, like you said, just you buy new skins and one new map and it's $15. Right. Or companies that hold features back just so they can sell you an additional 15 or $20. You know, there's a lot of ways to yeah. scam the DLC system that really screw over uh, these, the fans of the game. Yeah. And I mean, I think in, in some cases, uh, like, maybe it just doesn't even make sense, but it's almost like, it's almost expected that it's, you know, it's it's a thing. Like, every game has DLC. It's part now, of the business model the now. Fact. I mean, these right, companies, right. They, they factor that in when they figure out how much they can spend to make the games. And, you know, I, I like the idea of the season pass, which is um, where you pay one discounted rate. And if you're a fan of the game, you're probably going to buy all four packs anyway. Um, yeah. And then they just give you a better option to get that content. So that's at least exciting that they're trying new things. Um, cool. So we'll look forward to Star Wars Battlefront. I'm sure you guys will both, uh, yeah, pick that one up. Dan's excited. Battlefront yeah. and Fallout Four and Just Cause Four, Three. Oh my god! Whatever. Didn't even yeah. know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to take it. I think I'm gonna take at least one day off Fallout before it comes out. <laughs> yes. And you got to do a really Twitch stream. Idea. You got to stream the whole thing. Oh. Because oh, I will boy. take the day off to watch it. Oh man. <laughs> I think that would be great. Uh, I'm just saying. We'll just put that out could, there. Yeah, we could have a new Don't Panic sideshow of Colby and I playing Battlefront. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you may may just push me to at least track down an Xbox or a, a PlayStation somewhere. Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, all right, let's continue on. More news, including, gentlemen, what would you like to talk about? Uh... Apple stuff. Apple stuff. We can talk about Apple stuff. They announced a, uh, a a couple things. Nothing. Nothing to. Nothing requiring a big, big old Tim Cook auditorium style announcement. That's for sure. Um, IMAX. Yes, they still sell those. Believe it or not. Uh, and they're so good. And I they one and they so are. Bad. They look beautiful. I will say they look yeah. great. They're so thin and just on that little stand. Um, they look pretty sexy. Uh, and they're new. Uh, with new fancy ass displays, so uh, we've talked on the show before about the uh, the 5K display on the big iMac. Well, now yeah. the smaller iMac, your 21.5 inch iMac, now has a 4K display uh, that's going to blow your eyeballs out of your skull. Um, <laughs> faster processor, faster RAM, improved graphics, the whole nine yards with the 4K display, um, improving over a 1080p display that was on the old model. They say 25% more colors, including colors you've never even heard of. That's not true. I made that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, they're also refreshing the 27-inch uh, 5K iMac with just new processors and new guts. Um, but the big change comes to the 21-and-a-half-inch. Um, the cheapest starts at with an, uh, a dual-core i5 with the going all the way up to a quad-core i5. Um, and starting with 8 gigabytes of RAM and going all the way up to 16 gigabytes of RAM. Um, the 4K model will start at $1,099. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, at $1,499. The old 1080p models will continue to start at $1,099 uh, as well. 
In addition to that, they announced some accessories, because we love some good Apple accessories. Um, Keyboard, trackpad, mouse just became a family, uh, because they all got updated. Uh, Except the mouse, not really, but we'll get to that. Um, Big change, they're all going to built-in lithium-ion batteries. No more AA's for your accessories, all charged over the lightning cable. They say the batteries are expected to last about a month per charge um, and uh, should gain about nine hours of power from being plugged in for just two minutes. So in case they run out, uh, you can at least get another day out of it pretty quickly. Uh, The Apple trackpad, uh, reviews are in. They say it's very good, a flat metal base uh, with a white top, and they say uh, you can click anywhere on it. The whole thing is one big click, and it supports force touch. Uh, So I'm assuming similar to the uh, the MacBook. trackpad as well yeah so i'm excited for i mean the new imax look nice but it's i'm not in the market for a desktop uh but i'm excited for the trackpads like one because the rechargeable battery because i i never really it didn't really phase me but there's a pack of batteries on my desk and it's because i have a trackpad that takes double a batteries what uses double a batteries anymore come on just that um, and the other thing I like about this is that it's a soft, like there's no moving pieces, so it's like the Force Touch trackpad, and that's nice because like the other trackpad is nice in that it like clicks, like its feet like push up into it when you push down, and that's fine, unless anything is under it slightly, and then it like won't click, and it's very confusing. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to one day get one of these and never have the experience of either changing the batteries again or uh, trying to click and, and having it be all weird on me. So I think it's cool. I am jealous as a Windows user, actually. I would love to have one of these. But Colby, what if I told you if it was nearly double the price of the current one, $129? I mean... Yeah. So, I mean, the, the the real good news is that I only use trackpads at work. Um, I have a mouse here for... I don't know why. I think because we used to play Minecraft. And I used to play it on this computer, so I had a real mouse. I do have a trackpad here, but I would probably only get a trackpad at work, which is something I would probably get through work rather than purchasing and using at work. Um, so it wouldn't actually cost me anything. Uh, but yeah, if I I, I I would not buy it myself. I would probably wait until I like got a computer that came with it. Hopefully. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we also saw an update to the keyboard, new design, uh, a little bit different. You'll notice it if you were using the old keyboard, but not that radically different. Um, it's also more expensive, thirty dollars more expensive, starting at ninety nine dollars. But it also has the rechargeable built in as well on that. And then the Apple mouse. Um, Wait, does the keyboard have the, the Mac? Hmm? Does, does the keyboard want the? Sorry, does the keyboard the new keyboard have like the the tiny MacBook style keys? Is that yeah, what it's, it's so so they said I, in this in this Verge article they said it is not uh, the the trap the action on the keys is not is is farther than the MacBook. It's not as compact. But it's the same sort of switch, so it does feel different. Okay. And uh, and the mouse, which is uh, slightly longer. Um, it's basically the same. It is $10 more, $79. Um, if you go to your local Apple store, just remember this. You want the Magic Trackpad 2, 
the Magic Mouse 2, and the Magic Keyboard. <laughs> I'm really psyched that they're doubling down on the Magic. That the magic sucks. That sucks. Like, I'm just going to come out and say it. the new Magic Keyboard? No. <laughs> this Magic Keyboard Pro, Magic Keyboard Air. Who cares? This, uh, ugh. The name sucks. Yeah. Uh, um, so there you go. So some new stuff from Apple. Get a, get excited. If you're a desktop fan uh, or, or a keyboard or mouse accessory <laughs> fan, you're... You mean the fan that's in my yes. desktop in the back? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> if you're a desktop fan, prepare for your inevitable doom. Whew. Apple has no fans left. You got me sweating. Uh, <laughs> very cool we can do one more quick story before we get to picks uh is there anything in here you guys want to talk about we can talk about amazon suing reviewers fandango uh possibly cheating on movie ratings snapchat getting rid of original content nintendo uh, hardware man. Oh, dropbox the, google docs dropbox. rip off yeah, the Dropbox Doc ripoff. That that is we're, tough to say. We're just mumbling through today's show. Dropbox Doc. Yes, um, Dropbox. Uh, announced a new feature uh, this week, well, a new product, really, um, with the most original name I've ever heard of in the tech space. It's called Paper. Uh, I know. How unique. Uh, um, it is a collaborative document editor. It's very similar to uh, to, to Google uh, Docs in a way. Um, if you use their notes, uh, which is um, only been a testing, so I doubt you have... Um, for now, it's only a web-only tool for writing and editing documents. Again, multiple people editing it. Um, To-do lists that let managers delegate tasks and track them. Um, you can, uh, if you... Of course, you'll, they'll live in your Dropbox uh, as well. Uh, and you can also comment anywhere in the document via text. Uh, I will point out, it's invite-only invite and web-only. Um, so odds are good you probably aren't going to be using it soon. But it is something they announced and are working on. Now, now Sean, it sounded like from your commentary in the rundown that you didn't think this was a, an interesting... You didn't think this was a good idea. Uh, well... Here's my problem. Uh, I have been a, a paid Dropbox user for probably three years, going way back. And yep. I'm kind of over Dropbox, to be honest. Like, it's not... I have problems with Dropbox all the time. Their desktop app on Windows is terrible. It is the biggest memory hog. I can't leave it running in the background, or else my computer, like, just gives up <laughs> so my files never get synced it's a big hassle <laughs> their mobile app it works sometimes um remember when they came out with carousel and that was going to be their photos and then they kind of just gave up on it and then my photos were weirdly synced in two places um, um carousel then isn't like really supported i mean it's still around but they haven't done anything new with it in like two years um then they came out with Mailbox, which is a fine app, but it really doesn't have anything to do with their core functionality. I'm just like, for me, it's a company that is like doing nothing to focus on their core products. And it just really, like, I'm, I swear to God, I'm this close to just moving all my files to Google Drive because at least that I know that works. Um, so that's really it. I don't have a problem with paper as an app. Um, not that we needed another Google Docs competitor, but that's fine. I just, it, I not don't know. we need another app called paper. Well, that too. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Draw. Seriously. Come on. It's the Facebook paper, the paper drawing app, and now a Dropbox paper. I mean, was that the first the name the they Apple came up Pencil. with? Seriously? 
I mean, what a joke. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, but <laughs> don't go into new, some anger here. don't go into I'll, new I'll products really unless your main product works almost perfectly. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. And that, that's all they're doing is just going in these crazy direct and they're buying all these companies and like just make file syncing really good. Well, so I think the problem with like the problem many uh, I don't know of the 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 Silicon Valley like wonder mm -hmm. companies is that they took a ton of money a ton of money from mm -hmm. people like there was probably a point in dropbox's history where they could have powered through and just like you know gotten incredibly good well i mean at, at one point they were they were the best at what they were doing mm -hmm. uh, i mean maybe they still i don't know what the other options are like i i don't really use it like dropbox is fine for what i do i use the one gig for like random documents mm -hmm. uh that i don't want tied to my machine but um, you know, like when you take all that money, whether or not you end up going public, you still have to like, you know, have a plan or have, I don't know, like start if, if you're not, if the like projections for how much money you can make off the one thing that you do mm -hmm. are not enough to satisfy the, uh, the desires of, of, the people to which you are beholden for all the money you took from them uh you you know have th that's why these companies start explore the way dropbox ex is exploring yeah um i mean like you know fa facebook has done the same thing um possibly more successfully uh, or relatively successfully in comparison to other companies like twitter who you know haven't been doing so great lately um so it's like I don't know, like, I understand why it's happening. Uh, and I think it's, like, it's easily explained by that. It's sort of necessary for them to continue to be the next big thing. It's hard to live up to a $10 billion, you know, valuation. That That's right. that's just the point of it. And, and I get that, and I think that's fine. And as an investor, that's absolutely what I'd be saying. Just as a customer, it bums me out. Um, yeah. And, and you see this happening with all, you know, there's a story, we won't get to it, but there's a story in the rundown. Square announced their IPO, um, a company that, you know, loses $150 million every year or whatever it is. I mean, some statistic. And they're out buying food delivery apps. You know, which, okay, maybe tangentially related, but, you know, we all can't be Amazon where we just dump money into 300 things and hope one of them is the, is the unicorn that makes us a gazillion dollars. Um, yeah. Especially, so, so, yeah. And an interesting thing that I learned recently is that I don't, it must have been a podcast talking about Twitter because they're the big news about that sort of stuff lately. But I guess as a company, once you take a certain amount of, like in private investment mm -hmm. you're like required to go public like once you've taken x dollars in in private capital you have to take your your company public um which is uh apparently what what uh happened with twitter and similarly happened with facebook um but i guess you know in 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 compare and contrast like facebook pulled through it a little better than twitter has pulled through it Mm -hmm. so far like mm -hmm. obviously facebook also had a rough start when they when they went public yeah um but they've since they've since rebounded off of that 
Uh, so that that was really interesting. I I had no idea that that was the case. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Why why you know like Twitter is a public company now and and hasn't figured out what their their business is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and they just laid off eight percent of their workforce this week. So you know all these companies are are all over the place, and it uh, I don't know. This one specifically just really bugged me because it's so unnecessary. Yeah, it seems bizarre. But maybe they know something I don't. So I will continue to commentate on the internet with nobody listening. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I've got no problem with that. I've been doing it for years. Um, <laughs> Literally. The nice yes. thing about no one listening is you never have to like re-explain yourself or or consider consider other other points. Nobody asks. Nobody asks. You know, it's all good. It's gonna be funny too because I, I never remember what we end up talking about on these shows. You know, a week or two later, and sometimes someone's gonna go back and you know, in episode twenty three we said X about company Y, and it was I can't. I, we've got so much archived content. I can't wait for someone to discover some <laughs> some really embarrassing thing or some really and terrible a bit thing. Flattering because it would mean they'd have to go through and watch all. That's of it. exactly it. One of us ever becomes famous, we'll know someone will have to scrub through all these. It's true. Yeah. They'll we, use this clip. When, when Dan runs for president. They'll use this clip talking about it. Yes. Dan Miller can, for president. I, I can imagine the attack ads from Don't Panic. Would you trust this man? Look at this asshole who is running. <laughs> he associates with these people. That's exactly right. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, we're going to move on to picks. Um, which I see Dan's pick has already changed. Uh, I, mean, from... I already picked the thing that I said. Like, uh, I already talked all about The Witcher. I needed to. And no, nobody's talked about your new pick, Dan? Why don't you lead us off? Because I'm excited. This is a great pick. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- thanks to another pick that came out of a, the pick that Sean gave last year, the pick that keeps on giving the morning stream, uh, they did a Futurama week where... I was exposed to Futurama. So instead of doing Star Trek trivia every day, they did Futurama trivia. Uh, And so I've been watching it for about a month now. And it's good. It's one of those things that's worth watching through. Uh, You don't really have to pay attention to it. Although I was a little little shocked by the the, uh, abrupt change between season four and season five. Mm. uh, Where... Season four is like square boxed, fuzzy, low def cartoon. And then season five is hour long, high def episodes. <laughs> and then season six is the movies. High def, now back to half an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was a little, uh, you know, I'm just, well, you know, so... had it on for a couple of them, and all of a sudden I'm like, and this episode's taking a long time. <laughs> Well, season five was like the one where they they were off the air, sort of, but they did like the movie, the four movies, things, yeah, right? yeah, right, right, yes. and then they came back on uh, with a lot of self-referential humor, like Thirty Rock Head, yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much so. <laughs> I I really love Futurama. I I always that was my favorite thing to watch on Adult Swim when I it, during my teenage years at like midnight on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Available on Netflix, uh, yep. streaming. 
And I will say, and this is going to sound super nerdy, but stay with me here. If you get the opportunity, Futurama has some of the best DVD commentary. Because you get Matt Groening and <laughs> David X. Cohen. And if you've ever wondered, A, how cartoons are produced, B, how television is written, or C, just about nerd stuff in general. I, I actually, <laughs> believe it or not, listen to uh, the, the first four seasons and all the movie commentaries. Um, wow. And they're very... They're, if you're a fan <laughs> of the show... You will really enjoy them. So if you have That's a, a chance, it is. Yeah. It is. I get the Netflix DVDs still because I'm that guy. Because uh, someone <laughs> has to, uh, and it's a great way to do that. So you're you're keeping the robots employed. I am. I love DVD commentary. I could go on why I think that's really underrated. But anyway, if you're a big Futurama fan and you have the chance, you won't regret listening to that. But that's my little mini plug. Cool pick. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a really great show. Uh, Colby. You got a, uh, a video game pick for us here. I, I for some reason, I thought you had picked this before, um, and then I checked and you didn't. So, hmm. makes sense. Tell, think, tell us about it. I feel like we may have talked about how I was interested in playing it once it came out. No, maybe. Um, but in any case, two weeks ago, I, I guess it was a week for, before last Thursday, uh, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection came out on PS4, which is the first three Uncharted games remastered for the the fancy new console, which uh, might be annoying if you're a person who had a PlayStation before and already owned the Uncharted games. Uh, but as a person who didn't, hasn't, uh, never owned a PlayStation... Um, I was I was interested because I've heard good things about the games from from Dan and others, uh, and since so I got back from Baltimore on Sunday, and since Sunday I have beaten the first two games. I finished the first two games, and I am am a couple hours into the third one. Wow! Uh, nice. I pretty much like this this Saturday and Sunday effectively all i did was play video games um with short breaks for like a shower and like pizza living the dream uh, man nice look at you it was a it was a great weekend um but yeah it's been really fun so i i, I i've really enjoyed them i think they're they're a ton of fun i they, they like the game is fun um like i've i've played other games like it like it's it's pretty tomb raider-esque but the character the characters and the story and like the character interactions are are pretty fantastic uh so it's worth it just for that and then later is it this year or or next year when uncharted 4 comes out yeah it sounds is that am i correct in thinking that's going to be the last uncharted i don't know no, no it idea. sounds like it's called Uncharted for a Thief's End or something. Mm. So it sounds very final. Mm. But I have no idea if that actually means it will be final or not. But in any case, that's my pick. It's 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 been a ton of fun. It's like three games for the price of one game. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't played those, uh PlayStation 4. I believe they're PlayStation exclusive, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have seen. That I think one. they are. I think that one has always been a PlayStation exclusive. And we'll have the uh, the Amazon link on the website. Don't panic.io. Go there and uh, and we'll send you to the right place. We promise uh, to check that out. Very cool. Um, all right, my pick this week. I'm gonna try not to do one of my like long review type picks, which I know I have an awful habit of doing. But short story. 
I was in Baltimore last weekend, as we previously discussed, and when I got home, my check engine light came on. Now, I am not a car guy, so I have no idea what that means. Uh, not that I panicked, but I had no idea what it was. And then I remembered something I'd read on the internet a long time ago. At, we didn't talk about it on the show, but um, a service called Automatic, which is designed to make your car smarter. I checked it out. I did the impulse buy, and I bought one. Uh, and I plugged it in, and it... And as I will show, it told me that my gas cap was not properly put on by the gas station attendant <laughs> in New Jersey. Uh, and thank goodness it saved me. Up, and I reset the light and it saved me a big hassle and a trip to the shop. So it was well worth it. It's called automatic. Um, check it out. It's this little thing. Look at this. Isn't that neat? It's this little little doohickey. Every car, I think it's after 1999, has a, what's known as an ODB port. Um, and it's somewhere in the cockpit of your of your vehicle. And it's got these little plugs and you just find your port and you just plug this right into it. It's got Bluetooth and a GPS and all sorts of smarts in it. And it connects to your phone and it tracks all sorts of things that you do while you're driving. So the acceleration, the braking, the location of your vehicle, the speed which you were going, all those sorts of things get sent from the car into this and from this to your smartphone. Um, I will now flip so you at home can should hopefully see on the screen. Hey, there we go. You can see what the app looks like. Uh, this is my car. Uh, it, of course, shows you engine codes, so if you've got issues, it'll tell you uh, the specific engine code, which is great, because you can actually look up what the problem is, not just check engine light. Um, it'll tell you the gas estimated remaining range in your gas tank. Um, and then it scores your driving, which is kind of cool, so it looks for things like hard stops, um, hard accelerations, um, and it can actually tell you, so for example, I'll pull up a trip I took, 13.7 miles, uh, I had dinner at grandma's house uh, over the weekend, it cost me 82 cents to drive there, and you can actually see here the map of my exact drive, you can see I had one hard acceleration, and I actually know that intersection, um, it took me 21 minutes. I, I uh, had 35 miles per gallon on average. Um, and it actually makes you a better, smarter driver. And then, of course, you can... Uh, this works with Ift and, and all the sorts of other plug-in type apps. So, you know, pulling your driveway and your smart lights come on and all those sorts of things. But um, to date, since I've owned it, I've scored a 95 out of 100 on good driving. So good for me. Uh, averaging 30 miles per gallon over 40 miles. And I've used $3 worth of gas. So... <laughs> Would I call this necessary for everybody? No. Um, but if you oh, if you own a car, and especially if you have check engine lights or something like that, this is a good way to do it. And it's just kind of a cool gadget for your car. Um, it is $100, so it's not, you know, super cheap. But I think the trip it saved me going to the garage made it worth it, uh, especially for the hassle. Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun playing with the app, and then you kind of learn about your driving, and I now know there's one intersection. I always, like, gas it when it hits the green light, but it's always that one intersection. <laughs> so now, in an effort to save on fuel, I uh, I try not to, to do that when I get there. So, I don't know. I don't think it'll save me a fortune, but you never know. So... That is uh, that is my pick. Automatic, automatic.com if you're interested in picking that up. I know it really applies to you, you city dwellers. Uh, nice. But still kind of cool. Making yeah, our life smarter. That's pretty fantastic for the, the check engine light. That, for me, is the real reason you, you pick it up. Sim yeah. Simply because you can go to your mechanic and say, I know it's code DB117, which means, you know, the, the, the air intake in valve 7 is, I mean, it, like, it gets really specific, which is great. Right. 
And then if it's if it's like a BS thing, you can actually reset it using this, uh, and they'll, it'll just take the light off your oh, dashboard, which yeah. is nice. So I still think my car needs work, which sucks, but I guess that's just the being a car owner. Lucky me. Uh, very cool. <laughs> Living in the middle of nowhere. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. That's the show. We did it. You guys should be very proud of yourself. Even after doing yeah, 100... Our first, it's our first live show in so long. Yes, and I hope the people on Twitch saw it. Because um, I, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to keep tweaking the settings. It's definitely going for a while. Right, right now, all I see is a black screen and a spinner. Yeah. Oh, we're dropping... Uh, a, I don't know. We're actually dropping a bunch of frames right now, which is not good. And I have no uh, idea why, because I'm not doing anything. Nobody move. Because then they won't send as many frames. All right. I'm going to assume it's fine. We're, I'm going to keep tweaking. I would really like to, to, to stream the video, but um, it just my, the graphics in my computer just is not good enough, frankly, to uh, to handle it. So we're, I'm going to keep playing with it. If we can do it, we'll do it. It worked so well for so long on YouTube. It, it worked. It, yes, it did. It worked okay. Um, I think if I can just get the Twitch settings right, the problem is YouTube now forces you into 720p, and I cannot figure out, which my computer cannot handle, um, and I cannot figure out how to downgrade it. Twitch gives me the option. So for now, we'll keep using Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash don't panic show. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll figure it out. This was a good test run, at least. Um, and, of course, the full video is available on YouTube as well. Uh, uninterrupted, I promise. Um, quickly, I will mention, um, these two guys, as they mentioned, uh, I don't know, if, well, the Goldilocks Zone, these two guys, um, along with myself, played our first Dungeons & Dragons game. I think everyone should go check it out. I certainly had a f lot of fun. I think you guys did, too, and we're going to do more of them. Uh, the first yeah. episode is up now, and we'll have another episode. Uh, i got to figure out the scheduling. It'll either be this week or next week. The second one will go out. Um at goldilockshow.com and on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash goldilockshow um find out uh just how injured colby and dan can get and just how lucky i can get so <laughs> uh check that out uh that was a lot of fun and of course this show don't panic.io is the website for this at don't panic show on twitter uh get all the links at the website um for everything we'll be back next week with more tech news um I'm not expecting any big announcements this week, so who knows what we'll talk about, but there's always more tech news to discuss. We've managed to do 107 of these. Um, I think we'll be okay for next week. I hope. <laughs> Gentlemen, anything else before we wrap for this evening? Uh, I don't think so. No. I'm glad yeah. we we're back uh, live on the air. It was fun. It's nice to be here. That's exciting. Thanks to our live fan for joining us. Well, we appreciate her watching uh, in the evening. <laughs> now go to bed. There, how's that? <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. We have Dana Colby. This is Sean. We'll see you next time on Don't Panic.